Let's take a look at the bigger picture. Robert Cantwell is with us, founder and portfolio manager at Upholdings Investment Management. Thank you so much for being with us. So tomorrow is our big Fed day. Markets seem to be patient and waiting. Uh, what do you make of the action we're seeing in the markets ahead of the Fed? Hey, Nicole. Uh, well, uh, if we've learned anything so far this earnings season, it's that what the Fed has said is already having a really big impact on us. So you had negative GDP in the first quarter. You had just about every company missing earnings targets. So far, we've heard from the first quarter. We're going to hear from another wave of companies this week. And even just recently, we just heard from the ratings agencies last night and this morning, and debt issuance is down. It's down for companies. It's down for consumers. So even though the Fed had only raised rates 25 basis points before, and we've got the 50 coming tomorrow, it's already had a pretty large impact across the economy. But now whether or not that's going to touch inflation, we just we have to sit around and wait. Right. And that's the whole thing, because inflation certainly is um, going to crimp growth overall. I mean, at some point, maybe it hasn't. I mean, I know we saw GDP and that was negative and some of that was attributed to inventories and trade and things like that. You know, you need to see a couple of prints to start to believe it. That being said, um, there's no doubt that people are paying more at the pump, paying more when they go to the store, paying more for services and traveling and things like that. At some point, uh, many of the guests have been saying, look, inflation will cut into people's spending and ultimately that hits the economy. Is that what you're concerned about? Well, so this is what we're going to find out. And what, one thing that's a bit different about this current setup that we're in right now is that not only are we are we facing the slowdown, but we're also looking at companies that are having to compare against one of the strongest growth rates in America in the last 50 years. So the first half of 2021 was one of our strongest GDP growth rates in, in 50 years, as I mentioned. And all these businesses keep saying, gosh, we know our numbers look bad now. Uh, but a, a big reason for that is because of how good they were last year. And Amazon got really specific in, in, in clinical in their explanation around this. And they said May 15th. May 15th is a key date because May 15th of 2021 was when Amazon first saw some of that surge from stimulus and reopening and all these things that were happening finally start to slow down. Because if you remember last year in 2021, we had a big first half, but then we had a really slow second half. And so what Amazon is trying to instruct and guide investors to do is say, hey, wait there with us for a little bit, because we have a feeling that starting May 15th and later on this year, all of a sudden our numbers are going to start looking better because of the comparables that we have to show them to you against relative to last year get easier and easier as we move on throughout the year. So we could be in an, in an interesting stage of where if inflation does start to temper because debt issuance is down, demand is down, uh, but company growth rates could actually go up without demand materially changing from these levels because of what those comparables are to last year. So we right. think the internet category right now is particularly attractive for investment. Meta platforms and Google at 20 times free cash flow, you don't get to talk about those kinds of businesses at these kinds of multiples very often. Uh, so we're definitely yeah, well, being impressive we with the number that? of these internet names. So Meta, oh, yeah. yeah, so I wanna pick your brain on that because Meta right now, I see it at $213. Where do you think that one's going? And hold on. Um, and right now we're seeing Alphabet Google at uh, 2352. Where do you think that's going? 
you know, this story is a little bit different for both of these stocks. They've both grown operating cash flow incredibly well. Uh, Meta, the, the challenge with Meta is that they've ramped their capital expenditure so fast, it's very aggressively slowed down the rate of their free cash flow expansion relative to their operating cash flow expansion. Uh, but just in the latest quarter, they communicated to investors that they're going to be slowing that investment rate down. So you could start to see free cash flow expansion again at Meta, which can obviously drive the price up, but then it may also drive the multiple up as well. Uh, Google, the story it isn't quite as clear. Uh, YouTube was a, was a clear COVID beneficiary that, you know, the Google management team is much less clear about the drivers underneath their business. And YouTube had a pretty bad quarter. Uh, so it's going to be hard to, to see what happens with, with search. Search has been growing faster than social media for four straight quarters. That undid a 10-year trend of social media growing faster than digital advertising. So we're definitely looking for Meta to, to post much stronger numbers as the year wears on. But then we're also looking into smaller businesses like Etsy, like Pinterest, where you could buy some of these emerging internet companies and marketplaces that are trading at 12 times, 15 times free cash flow. I mean, these are just really unique prices for growth assets mm -hmm. that have the potential to become much bigger players in the future. Do you feel like uh, you could expand this, this strategy out in the world of technology, for example, buying ETFs in a group? Um, for any particular group within technology or disruptors or the triple Qs, is there anything, if someone doesn't want to buy one of these stocks outright, Robert? Uh, well, we're part of the we're, we're part of the, the new wave of, of actively managed ETFs. You know, there's there's not too many of us out there yet. Where you know we, we run the Compound Kings ETF, we hold about 24 securities at any one time, and so our mm -hmm. our top picks are always reflected in the fund that we're running. So we pick actual stocks uh, as opposed to picking ETFs inside an ETF. That that starts That's to layer What's on the ETF? fees. What's your ETF ticker symbol? Oh, we're Kings, uh, KNGS. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you know, if you, if you look at our histories, there? so yeah, our, our focus is compound kings, and, and and what a compound king is to us is a business that's in a in a growing industry with a small number of competitors, which means you've got businesses with high market share. Your businesses are generating a lot of cash flow. And then the fourth dimension is well, what's the price we're willing to pay for those assets? And so you know, if you look at our fund today. Uh, as we've talked about, Meta Platforms and Google are two of our biggest investments right now because the prices are so uniquely attractive. But you know, if you went back during the pandemic, we were being much more aggressive in buying up some of the smaller cap and mid cap names that, that, that had been beaten up. So we think that a lot of active management has, uh, has come into the forefront a bit for investors given how disruptive the pandemic, inflation, uh, and some of the Ukraine invasion crises have caused for investors has created more room for active managers to differentiate their strategy. Understood. It's great to see you, Robert. Thank you very much. Robert Cantwell, founder nice and manager you, of Holdings Investment Management. Thanks.